Oh, I think he might just want the loves. He's only happy when it rains. He hates when it rains. Oh. Because his underbelly, his undercarriage gets all wet. <laughs> Man, let's, let's hope the same fate doesn't happen to Shirley Manson that befell the Cranberries woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think they're both Irish. He sang a garbage no. song, and because they both look kind of like, they might both like little goth dolls. <laughs> Welcome to Filmhouse. This week's episode is sponsored by Thursday Boot Company. Thursday has ridiculously high-quality footwear at honest prices that are constructed to handle our busy lifestyles. My name is Daniel. I've got Elise Willems, Adam Kovic, James Willems, and Benson Willems on the podcast today. Oh, my God. That's pathetic. What a pathetic. Oh, you know, okay. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I just got to come here and do my job, and that's the best <laughs> I can do. You know? Um, so Netflix is generally in the news for their disruption of the TV market. Um, this week, they spent $80 million to keep streaming all 236 episodes of Friends throughout wait, oh, wait, 2019. They're, they're keeping it? For, for one year, for oh, $80 million. <laughs> Just needs something to watch. <laughs> um, last week, they canceled Daredevil, which is their fourth biggest show, mm-hmm. um, and then firmly planted their flag on Anime Planet. I think what Foggy is, got too big for his bridges. <laughs> too much what money. Is, yes, for another sandwich. Do you know what, for, do you know what fourth biggest show means? It's the audience. So they like, say, anyway. Oh, okay. They said these, it. these are the numbers Netflix there, releases. Yeah. And it could be anything. Yeah, okay. You know I mean? Got it. You kind of have to trust them, I guess, if they're saying I don't know if they okay. meant, like, budget or whatever, but okay. Oh, got no. it. Are they um, calling their uh, acquisition of Evangelion Cowboy Bebop Anime Planet? No, no. That was me. That was you? I okay. That, yeah. I, I, I thought that know. said Animal Planet. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I they're doing, like, a Toonami. <laughs> More like a noon. Thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, they might as well. Um, I don't know. Toonami still, there's still something beautiful about Toonami. I don't really watch a lot of live TV, but I still, I was watching the um, Cartoon Network, or I guess, yeah, Toonami version of Attack on Titan when they were doing the dubs, when those were coming out every week. Mm-hmm. And I forgot, he's still there. Tom, the old robot. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah the little robot guy? He's yeah. back. Oh, yeah. really? Cool now. Yeah. Hey, guys, it's me, Spike. I mean, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Same God. voice. Yeah. Um, but uh, putting TV aside, um, I want to talk about Netflix's original films. Okay. Because um, I think they've made huge strides in quality and scope from the beginning of this year, even last year, to now. And they've attracted some serious talent and filmmakers to the cult of Netflix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, Is it a cult or just a way of life? Mm, same. I feel like you're, you're paying to rent your copies of The Office so Elise can watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's almost a mid-level marketing, too, because everyone's talking to everyone else about how awesome Netflix is. And yeah, but I don't get anything if... I you get, get a friend to sign up. You get more Coen Brothers movies. You Tell go. you this, Adam. Um, I'm never not watching The Office. <laughs> okay? That's my secret. I don't begrudge you. I just begrudge everything you do. Mm-hmm. True. Oh. <laughs> Wise. <laughs> uh, you were talking about movies, though. Yeah, but... It, so I, haven't, I about, haven't seen this movie yet. You haven't seen this? I don't think you've seen many of these, but um, you're going to be our... Uh, I have questions because James said he loved this movie. Yeah. It's, I, pretty, it's, it's pretty fucking fantastic. Did you like it too, at least? I don't you know inherently like westerns Same. but i loved this film like yeah. i want to watch it again yeah um okay. well, i i do love westerns and i know that it's not everybody's cup of tea um but western plus coens equaled mm-hmm. me being really stoked to watch this on thanksgiving well the thing is like it's western plus how about a bunch of stories of the west my problem with western movies not across the board but sometimes i'm like this is fun then i get kind of bored of the location and the premise because a lot like 
an old Western town looks dry and bad, like bad all the time. Mm-hmm. Because this is a, comp- a, a compilation of a bunch of stories. It's like, well, let's do, it's basically if you're fast traveling around Red Dead. Yeah. Like, oh, well, what about this version of a Western? Yeah. You what never about get this stuck in one place. That, one thing about Westerns is they're really long and slow generally, and they t- take a lot of time to build up their story mm-hmm. and spend All a lot of time on landscape shots. That's true. And when you're switching it up every 20 minutes, uh, you don't have time to get bored with it, like yeah. I guess James does. Hmm. It, um, yeah, it's, it's a compilation of short films, and the very vignette style, a little bit of like connective tissue, but uh, – for example, like there's the one that you keep seeing shots of the five people in the carriage. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that doesn't need to be set in a Western. Mm-hmm. Like that could be set pretty much, you know, any, any time. Any, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's just the framing is the Western. So that's what yeah. I, I kind of like the variety. I, th- I, think, really cool. I think pound for pound, like Home Brothers are like probably my favorite directors in terms of like mm. the amount of movies they put out that are have a cultural impact and are also just amazing. I think they're always very interesting. Yeah. Like they do different stuff in the oddball stuff. Mm. I mean, th- that's the thing is they've they've had some real stinkers, but then they came back with like No Country for Old Men. They which make is, so much stuff. Yeah. They, it, yeah. That, that was sort of their comeback movie. Like, no, but I'm saying like Lady Killers. I didn't like Lady Killers. <laughs> that, you didn't that like might, Lady Killers? That might be their worst movie. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was the joke we were going for. <laughs> that my joke was that I liked that I didn't understand the yeah. difference between. Anyway. I, I just think unbelievable. Them yeah. them making a movie for Netflix, I think, is a great sign. Isn't that um, cool though that you can yeah. just go turn on your TV and watch a free a free Coen yeah. Brothers film? Well, it's funny because obviously there's always these like I don't know if elitist is the right term for it, but there's like these perceptions, and they're starting to break apart where it used to be. People that do film do film. People that do TV do TV. Mm-hmm. But now you see people that are doing film are asking to do TV because it's a more consistent paycheck and has greater potential for like the writing has gotten a lot better. Like game the yeah, the the material is even better. Like it's just it's got greater potential there, so it's kind of merging. But then it was still like, but not streaming. Streaming is well, mm, I mean streaming is just kind of like for good TV. That you would go. think is the comp is comparable to like direct uh, like a like a TV movie, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, but now, like the streaming, which would be the TV movie, is like, oh wow, you know, Jonah Hill's got something coming to Netflix. Ooh, yeah. But then <laughs> Jonah Hill. Then that same thing seemed to happen on Netflix with movies too, where they were like, oh, a Netflix original movie, but it's like, I'm well, not, they, I haven't seen The Christmas Prince, but <laughs> like, everyone, most, everyone I know that's seen it, it says it's good. Enough but, people did to warn a sequel this year. They were, they were getting there with Bright and a few other movies where at least the audience was divided. Now it seems to be at least more, hey, the uh, the majority I've seen people said The Ballad of Buster Shrugs is a good movie. It is. And I it was also, I know it was yeah. in theaters for a week as well. I don't think, and I think that's, isn't that Netflix just trying to get considered for accolades? I, They're like, probably, we have yeah, to go. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it was probably a discussion that Netflix and the Coen brothers had where they were like, listen, we want to get Oscars, dog. Yeah, if you want to mm. be accepted at Con, you have to like have yeah. a. But that, that leads to bigger projects of getting bigger actors and like, cause yeah, you're right. Er, early on it was, they signed a deal with Adam Sandler and we all rolled our eyes because mm-hmm. we all went, who's going to watch that? And of course they have the data and they go, they they're, yeah, they're like, our audience loves yeah. Adam Sandler. So we're yeah. going to do that. But at the same time, they are putting out stuff now that is being, they, they're just getting everything, which is it, a smart I, business. Move. I do think this is something that might not exist if it weren't for Netflix. Like, sure. I don't think any studios would necessarily have made this movie. And HBO, put it maybe. Maybe. Perhaps. But yeah. even, even that, it, Netflix right now appears to be doing some of the things that 
a lot of like things that have been in development hell. I feel like HBO is also trying to do as well. But um, what was that that book, uh, that comic we both enjoy, James? Uh, Lock and Key. Mm-hmm. Uh, At least likes it too. Did you? I've never <laughs> talked to you about I it. I've read them all. Listen to the to the I've radio only, play. But I I might. I mean, I've I've noticed it. Jane, I know James and I had a conversation about it at a gym, so okay. I know you weren't there. I definitely wasn't there. <laughs> and there weren't mm-hmm. many clothes on. Anyway, Lock and Key is a a, a great uh, uh, comic series. I guess you call it graphic novel. Is that Ri- Stephen King's son? Yeah, Joe yeah, Hill, yeah. who changed his name so that he wouldn't be called Stephen King's son. But here we are. He's calling him <laughs> Stephen King's son, as it turns out. But uh, I think it's a really good graphic novel series. They tried to adapt it into a show, and I believe it was done through a network. It wasn't very good. Didn't look good. Nothing was right. Netflix is now adapting it, and it it sounds like they're putting all the pieces in place that it's going to be a good show. So here's – it's the secret sauce. Is it money? Yeah. Oh. Well, it's money. They they There's certain studios that are so used to making movies and things like this that they go – they'll get a creator, and then they'll give the creator a project, but then they'll go like – they'll still be tinkering with it, mm-hmm. right, because they don't want to lose their money. But they still tinker with it. Netflix has so much money that they are doing the the tinkering on the beginning. So when the Coen brothers agree to make a movie, they say, "Here's your money. Go have fun." Mm-hmm. They don't get in there and they don't they don't futz with it. And I think that means the Coen brothers are going to go tell their friends who are also auteurs to come and say, "Like you should do something with Netflix right now They'll because let you do whatever. they're writing really mm-hmm. big checks and they're letting you do whatever you want, and you they never come by the set at <laughs> all. Like it's amazing. I, th- I think that's the key. They're getting good talent finally yeah. to make mm-hmm. movies. Giving yeah. them creative freedom. To, to Adam's point, um, I do think like yes, Netflix is giving artists creative freedom to uh, like Lemony Snicket, for example, too. Oh, yeah. But I, I same, also, same problem. I still think it, it really at a certain point also, especially for the TV shows, boils down to bingeability because um, I think Lock and Key will thrive on Netflix if, they, mm-hmm. if they're the ones, or it's Amazon. They're, but I think something like Preacher, which I watched the first episode of on AMC, and I love the Preacher comics, and by all accounts, that show is amazing. Um, it's just so out of my wheelhouse to sit down yeah. and watch that every week, week now. Week, yeah. But maybe when the entire show of Preacher or the season, all the seasons of Preacher come to Netflix, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to. Yeah. Maybe you know. also an adaptation of something maybe you've already seen in some other medium. Like you've already read Preacher. Yeah. You know, like, I don't, yeah, I, I totally get Preacher, what you're saying. There's a lot in Preacher, Preacher that I Preacher. would love to see play out. Like, moments that I'm like, because oh, like even like Our Space, the way that they translated that was really well uh-huh. done. Yeah. Um, it is Netflix. I double check with Lock and Key. Buster Scruggs is something for me that not often happens where I, I'll turn to James and be like, stop and rewind that yeah. and let's see it again. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Like not the whole movie, but like moments. Yeah. I think the for me, the first two bits were the best. The, the titular Buster Scruggs, uh, which was Tim Blake Nelson. You see him walking around with a guitar. Mm-hmm. You might yeah. know him as the man in the wheelchair from Minority Report. That's it. (laughs) So another thing I think the Coens do uh, amazingly is pull some character actor and focus on them. Mm -hmm. Some guy that's been in the wheelchair in one scene or the the keyboard guy in another movie. And they really let them shine. And they do that in almost every part of this. Mm -hmm. And I think those are some of my favorite actors or the guys that probably don't get enough attention. Like him and uh, Steven Root, who's the the banker. Yeah. it was my f- whole favorite part of the whole thing was Stephen Root, actually. Um, He's pretty great. Uh, we had to, I had to put the subtitles on for a minute there because I was like, <laughs> well, what is he? 
his his speaking so he's so in character. I, yeah, I think like for me, it's just looking at it as an entire piece because of the variety. So like the the um, vaudeville performer, for mm-hmm. example, like that on its own, I think I thought was good. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's just watching it in this this uh, like. Sh- Western, all aspects of what you think this time period could have could have had to offer. I, I don't know. I also like that some stories are like five minutes, and others are like twenty five. But they they figured out which stories are worth it. Well, I will say that w- that was maybe my least favorite thing about Buster Scruggs was this segment. Oh, really? In trouble. It just went on and on and on, and I wasn't too interested in it. But to me, it's all about crossing the plains. And I mean, so I it felt like it felt genuine. If they had said like, "Oh, and that's it," like then it wouldn't have felt like you were on the journey, kind of. True. So, so I, and, I, and it does build to a very, very satisfying end. My my it's favorite, also hilarious. My favorite one was the gold, gold, oh, gold, Tom, gold. Tom Waits, yeah, digging yeah. for gold. He was that, incredible. Tom that Waits one is rad. so fucking good. Yeah. Dog hole. Yeah, yeah. Doggle. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. All right, you convince me. I'll watch it instead of watching the Cloverfield Paradox again. <laughs> I Cloverfield Paradox. There he is. You don't. You shouldn't watch it because okay. it's bad. All right. uh, it shouldn't or should? Should not. You should, should I should watch it? You know, do whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, this one, it was like 15 minutes of him by himself out in this valley, and it yeah. was riveting yeah, somehow. It was yeah, it was. Um, so, yeah. But I mean, it. again, it's like picking. I, I would like at least I would watch it again. Yeah, yeah. I would watch it again. Liam Neeson was great. Yep. Why is Liam Neeson got to be in uh, westerns all the time? What's up That's with good that? Question. Because he's Irish. He, did play, he played against type a little bit. He was kind of scummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's um, kind of I, just, I know he was in that uh, that Family Guy movie. What's his name? The the Seth MacFarlane one, Thousand Ways to Die in the West, or whatever. Uh, oh, sure. oh, he's oh, yeah. also in that. But I thought that was more that played off of the fact that they made fun of him in Family Guy. And like, could you imagine Liam Neeson in a western? He's like, let's go over there to the plains. <laughs> And then I guess it was like, hey, put me in your movie. Yeah. I'm rubber. Chicken doing math was pretty great. <laughs> it was yeah. good. Yeah, it's a good chicken. I'll watch it. God, like okay. I love the cone. But, I mean, the thing is, uh, this isn't. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Lisa. Not to harp on that carriage one, but for me, that's kind of. The, I, I knew where it was going mm-hmm. as I was watching it. That's kind of like the dark, uh, you know, foreboding thing that I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, this movie isn't the only thing, the only standout. There's been a lot of good yeah. Netflix movies. Back to other movies. Elise was going through a list of them the other night. It's pretty. And you're like, that's that one was good. That yeah. one was well, good I, too. I kind of went through like Cloverfield the, Paradox. The movies yeah. that <laughs> I've seen, and then not Cloverfield Paradox, but movies that I've seen in the movie. But then also the movies that like have buzz that I, I want to watch, um, and I'm or I'm interested in. Um, so I actually I watched one just the other night. Um, Something I didn't expect I'd like at all, but actually really enjoyed. And it had a buzz earlier this year, but that was to All the Boys I Loved Before. Yes. Um, you guys seen this? I have you no idea what you're talking movie? about. I, I've seen it. Tell me more. <laughs> Do you really not know? No, no. What's this one about? Um, it's like a teen rom-com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love teens. <laughs> it's, the, it's Juno for the post-millennial age. I'm in. <laughs> what kind of hamburger phone does she have? <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was sweet and generally fine. Children, not, these aren't children actors, but young actors, not mm-hmm. very believable. But these, the several of the main characters, I thought were just spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, the main girl, specifically, I don't know. I should have written her name down. She was Jubilee in the really bad X Men movie. 
But she's fantastic, mm-hmm. and I hope I see her in more stuff. This is more of like an indie kind of like lower budget. No, was, I mean it's Netflix, medium budget. Netflix original. It's, 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 like a, it's like a rom com, a high school rom- romantic comedy. Okay. So yeah, the, the this girl writes letters to all the boys that she loves, mm-hmm. just kind of as her secret way of dealing with her love. Mm-hmm. And those letters might there. She go. hides them all away, okay. never sends them. It's just kind of how she gets it out. But there. somehow they get out there, and all the boys. Uh, that she has loved find out that she loved but, them. But it's from different points in her life, so then she it kind of involves her, like, her in attempting to resolve the situation doesn't, like, she can't necessarily go, she's, she doesn't have a crush anymore on the boy she had a crush on in kindergarten or the boy she kissed when it's she was, in, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, she, she, but then she has to come to terms with those feelings afterwards and see how things shake out. Gotcha. It's because a fun she's, night for you, Adam. Because she's Trust currently... Me. She's currently in love with her sister's ex-boyfriend. Who yes. was we, her, we like, best ex. friend for years. Yeah, so. They're making a sequel to this. They just announced it this week. Oh. oh, boy. oh I mean, I'm excited. But I haven't seen the first one yet. <laughs> Slow down, Hollywood. What's, I tell you. What's after love? If you and Jess, like, sat down and were like, we're going to watch this. We, you know, Tuesday night, we ain't got nothing going on. Mm-hmm. We got nothing going on. Yeah, yeah. It's really you have well a great made. Night. I'm really curious if I could ever borrow the time machine all of you people use to stay in a whatever time warp you're in so you can watch all these films. You don't go out and do dog. anything else. Yeah, I, I don't. That. You play more video games sometimes. I wish like, I, remember we used to play Overwatch I'm and now st- we don't? I'm still in the snow in Red Dead, <laughs> but I've seen this. I was also real happy to see John Corbett come back. I know him from Northern Exposure that I watched when I was like wow. eight years old. Not My Big Fat Greek Wedding? That's no, I've never seen it. Come on. Never you seen never it. seen My Big Fat Greek Wedding? No, I worked at a movie theater when that movie came out and it made me hate it just because of the oh, crowds going you, to it, it. That is a surprisingly good movie. Probably, worked in, you worked can, in a movie theater for a really long time. I can time. irrationally hate it if I want to. I'm going to I want to say the through line is uh, Jonathan Corbett. He seems to be – no one knows who the he's, hell he is, but he's uh, – man, yeah, he got super lucky with My Big Fat Greek Wedding because that was like an indie little movie, yeah. and it blew up. And like I've seen it probably four or five times because it's like infinitely watchable. It's a really good couples movie. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I, How was I the really sequel? Never saw it. He's, it he's terrible. He's also great. a white dude who has three Asian uh, daughters that all look different. Yeah. Well, so I think, I think some of them are adopted, and it might not have been mentioned. I Maybe he's got a thing. He's got a Greek wife. I think. <laughs> Young Tony Danza is awesome. Yeah, he's good. He's cool. fine. I'll I, I will watch. Okay, it's it's a it's a. I wouldn't even say it's like a guilty pleasure because it's not that bad. No, but, you know it's I mean, fun. It's like well, like a Mean Girls or like yeah. uh, Clueless or whatever. Like it's not necessarily only for the people that it. It's about and targeting. It's Not necessarily a classic, maybe like Clueless would be, but no. I don't know. I was well, very surprised with the amount of fun I. I haven't seen this. Eighth Grade. I've only heard that it's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I might have, be more serious. If it were on Netflix, maybe. I, I mean, I just never been able to bring but, myself to watch it because I hear it's a hard watch. Yeah. Well, yeah. So there's, but I was also thinking Edge of Seventeen. Yeah. Remember that movie came out last mm-hmm. year or year before. Um, that that was also a funny movie, but it still had like an edge to it like the dark side of what it's like growing up as a teenager or something like that or ladybird like this is the light and fun put it on and not sweat it version of those movies if, if you guys are looking for like the scarlet letter one yes the easy, letter, a? easy a oh i think let's say no if you want a really good like feel good movie watch the film bully is that on netflix yeah. i might be a group of friends, a true story. <laughs> Wait, is that the one with Tom Arnold and Rick Moranis? No, 
this is from the guy who made kids. Yeah. They, no, you don't. A true story of some Southern Florida boys and girls real tired of this this one guy kicking their ass. So we, they just murder him. He's being facetious. And it, they leave him in the, the swamp, but then they get caught. And after that, watch sleepers. Do they get uh, AIDS? No, the worse. End? One of them spills the beans to her mom, and she's also pregnant, and then they all go to jail for life. Perfect. You should watch Bully. <laughs> Sounds a, good. It's a good film. I recommend The Bully, starring Tom, Tom Arnold <laughs> and Rick Moranis, which has something to do with the meteorite I don't recall. Are you Whoa. sure? Meteorite? Yeah, there's like a we meteorite. We don't get those anymore. Hey, what about why, Meteor Man? Dan, why are they smelling a lacrosse stick? Uh, I don't know. Okay. This was just on Netflix's playlist. To all the boys I smelled before. Mm. Um, yeah. This is erotic for somebody. I'm glad we're watching it. Everyone, we'll get back to our discussion of the awesomeness that is Netflix and what they're releasing in just a moment. But uh, I'd like to talk to you real quick about our sponsor today, Thursday Boots. Uh, boots are specific and uh, reflective of your personality. Do you prefer a clunky wooden boot or a fancy, delicate fashion boot? I tend to be tough on my boots. I really put them through the ringer. So I got myself the Explorer. It's a streamlined take on the classic American combat boot. They have storm welt construction, Kevlar blend laces, and a durable Vibram outsole, making the Explorer, the perfect boot for difficult weather. These guys are badass. They are strong, they feel durable, and are extremely comfortable. I've been wearing mine for a few weeks now, and I absolutely love them. Look at these things. They make me feel like a superhero. They help me stand taller and straighter and give me a real sense of confidence in my image. And like any great explorer, I'll be prepared for whatever the world throws at me. Thursday Boot Company is a four-year-old bootstrap startup that has been shaking up the industry by making really ridiculously high-quality boots that they sell direct to consumers at unbeatable prices. Their boots are durable enough to take a serious beating and sophisticated enough to clean up for a date. Thursday boots are built for men and women who understand quality and want a good-looking pair of boots that will last a few seasons. Thursday boots are not only a better value, but they use better materials too, like the famous Chromexo leather from Horween Tannery in Chicago. With prices starting at $149 and free shipping and free returns, Thursday boots are the best buy for this winter. With their clean, timeless design and durability, Thursday boots will keep you standing confident and comfortably for years to come. While they don't do sales or discounts, head over to thursdayboots.com slash film and get free shipping and free returns. Give them a try and you'll have a pair on your doorstep for next Thursday. That's thursdayboots.com slash film. So, Don't um, these two look the same? They look like they, they look the beginning similar. of the movie they show one and then they introduce the other and I thought it was the same guy. Except this the this one uh, little Tony Danza is more jacked. They He's both look kind of like burnt out like for 13 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway. the, that, well, the whole ages in that movie was weird because her, her sister that was going to college looked like she was 35. Yeah. So. yeah. I, I feel bad for child actors or child singers because like, on one hand, you're like, oh, how lucky for them. They got in early, but it's like mm-hmm. your life's going to be fucked yeah. up. Like maybe, maybe it'll be fine, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I, I fell asleep watching The Other Side of the Wind because um, I knew we were doing this podcast today. I wanted to watch this. Mostly because I think it's interesting that they pulled a uh, forgotten, unfinished oh, yeah. Orson Welles <laughs> film oh, yeah. out of you know, bunkers somewhere and mm-hmm. reassembled it into a workable film. The story here is that before Orson Welles died, Orson Welles died as the creator of Citizen Kane. He had worked on his greatest movie of all time, but then it was never finished, right? right. It, it was never completed and I think was you know, in editing for like a decade. Like I think they shot in the mid 70s and essentially up until the mid 80s when he died, they were still trying to cut it together. I wish you could um, go and tell Orson Welles. About uh, Netflix. Yeah, a movie you never finish is going to be streaming on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> it was very yes. interesting. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, got, you got more Orson Welles? Uh, um, what else we got? 
Rosebud. <laughs> um, Rosebud frozen peas. They whole, have a whole doc explaining, I guess, the history of the movie, which I probably should have also watched. But, I, this um, might be one of those situations where the documentary is more impressive than the film itself. That's it, how I feel, because I have that documentary in my queue, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch that. <laughs> It's a, the movie's a little rough. It's, it's very, very strange. Mm-hmm. You could see him trying to be like 70s edgy, even though he was must have been in his 80s by then or something like that. Uh, but this is also someone else's interpretation of supposedly him, of Orson Welles being 70s edgy. It was pretty chaotic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but interesting. I think even failures from really great filmmakers are interesting to watch for certain reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say go out and watch it unless you're a huge Orson Welles or film history but man. But it is cool that you can see... Both, right? Like you can see yeah. the documentary mm-hmm. and the I, th- movie. I think it's just cool that something that shouldn't exist and probably wouldn't exist without them mm-hmm. yeah. um, is so easy to access. Two, two good alternatives if you don't give a shit about Orson Welles uh, Hearts of Darkness, mm-hmm. that's the Apocalypse Now one. Uh, fantastic documentary. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Lost Souls, that's the making of the island of Dr. Moreau, <laughs> the <laughs> 90s remake. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is it is ride. Su- it is such <laughs> a good documentary. Val Kilmer and who else were having an ego off? Marlon Brando. Oh, they both they were hide in their trailers and they wouldn't come out until the other one came out. Yeah. <laughs> and then you you may have seen what assholes. for I guess if you ever seen South Park uh, parody it, but Marlon Brando found like the smallest man of all time, like he was an extra or something, and he's like. Him. He's in the movie now. <laughs> and he just kept him. And the director's like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "He's part. He's he'll work him in every scene." Well, the director, <laughs> the director who started it was fired. Yeah, he was fired, and then they they brought in this other guy who was just known for he's a finisher. He just finishes movies. Yeah. And so when Marlon Brando said that, he's like, "Whatever." Yeah. Just get in your spot. Yeah. And he'd film it. Well, he didn't that, care. That, and then that guy was like a star fucker. And he's like, I just want to work with the great Marlon Brando. And by the end, he's like, I want to kill myself because yeah. I don't want to work with the great Marlon Brando. Even better, the director goes, gets lost in the woods, finds some hippies to like hang out with. And then they're like, hey, they're filming some movies down the way. You want to go be it? He's like, you got it. And so he was back on his own film they, set as an extra. Yeah, they put him in like a donkey mask. And then, and then he's in the scene in the background as one of the extras. The movie, the movie, the, movie, the Island of Moreau is not good. No, but the documentary is so great, and yeah. you just you learn so many things. It's like, oh, so anyway, but it's watch. not streaming on Netflix. It might Neither be actually. Those. I think it is. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, Parts yeah. of it, Darkness is not. It is not. No, but the uh, Lost Souls I think comes and goes. So if you uh, if you happen to catch it in your region, please watch that one. Um, I don't think any of us have seen Roma. Um, is it but out I was, yet? I was, Not yet. No, it's it's been in theaters. In theaters I've been right. trying to go, but I refuse to sit in the first two rows. Why did you go to theaters? See the, it right at your theater at your it's, home. It's supposed to be one of the best movies of the year. Everyone I know that's uh, that has seen it has loved it and kind of gushed about it. Freed. Freed yeah, Freed won't shut it. up. This is so. This is coming to Netflix. This yeah. is uh, the fourteenth. Um, okay. This is on Netflix, but it's been in theaters, at least in major markets like Los Angeles yeah. for the past couple of weeks, but has been like nearly sold out every time I've tried to go, which was all weekend long. Oh. Weird. It didn't say Harry Potter 3. That's odd. That's an odd <laughs> one. Or uh, <laughs> the best one. That was the. Fight me. Or E Mama Tu Tabien. I, I yeah, agree e, completely. E, e Tu Mama Tabien. <laughs> I think he made the most interesting Harry Potter movie. I, I agree. Know. I agree. Again, Netflix attaching themselves to very interesting filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Instead of making bright too, which and probably I'm, is also happening. I'm telling you, it's because they just hand them a big check, and then and that's and, a good and way and to I'm sure talent. Alfonso Cuarón, who's won an Academy Award, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is 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 if he went to a studio with this, they would still give him notes and feedback. They write him the check, but he get notes and feedback. 
I'm sure he went to Netflix and he was like, hey, I want to do this. And they were like, okay. And he's like, so when do you when do you need the script? They're like, nah, just go ahead. Here's the money. And they were probably like, you kidding me? I'm sure it's somewhere in the middle yeah, where they go, show us a script and give us a budget and a timeline. And he goes, here you go. And then that, they I mean, made the that Adam Sandler deal. They did the Adam Sandler deal reportedly without any of the actual projects being in development. They I, just were like, Adam, you give us five. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. well, all your movies are the same anyway, so mm-hmm. who cares? That makes sense, like attaching to talent. I mean, Marvel does that where they go, Chris Hemsworth, we want four movies from you. Sign on for four movies. Like He's like, oh, well, I don't with, know how to write. Not in that respect, obviously. But I, I mean, Adam Sandler, say what you will. I mean, he kind of churned out a lot of Adam Sandler content for them. But then he also made stuff like Sandy Wexler that people were like, oh, this is actually like not mm-hmm. bad. I haven't seen it to comment on it, but <laughs> yeah, like they're they're getting auteurs, auteurs. But I think um, I think they're luring them out because they're just saying like, hey, make your movie, no strings attached. We just want movie from you, good person. I I trust uh, Alfonso. He mm-hmm. uh, your buddy. He's a good friend. He uh, yeah, I mean, fucking Children of Men is. I watched it not too long ago. That is one of the greatest films of all time. It is. I watch it again. Like if you haven't seen it in a while. I didn't. I didn't realize. I saw Dan go. What? No, I just. I. I. I'll move my head at such a. There, like that movie. I, I watched like. There's a. There was a weird time period where I think like that movie and Pan's Labyrinth came out. I was like, holy shit, movies are really good right now. <laughs> um, and I, I enjoyed Gravity. I thought that was kind of more of a a fun stressful I th- movie. I thought Gravity was awesome in, like, in the theater. The experience yeah, in the yes. movie theater, Gravity was incredible. I think. I think Children of Men is something that will be studied for many years and be interpreted and. Interpreted in many different ways, and like film studies will be horny for that movie for a long time. And it's just, I don't know. It's it's such a bummer of a movie, but it's so well done. I like that. Yeah, I don't know. I I put it up there on my my small mantle. It does seem though that maybe their Netflix is more protective of their shows than they are of their movies maybe it's just harder because i feel like you get way more mixed reaction from their television shows like 13 reasons why mm-hmm. or like altered carbon like seems like disenchantment different things like that like the show will come out and people are like mm, i don't know about that that just might be nature by the nature of watching mm-hmm. it and how you watch it but sometimes television has to I build think that's because hype. a movie doesn't necessarily have to have a sequel but with TV, it's, it's implied that there's going to be another season. It doesn't have to sustain quality. Sure, yeah. I get, the, the weird thing with the, the TV shows, like Daredevil is an example, it's in its third season. Is someone telling them you need to hit that one-hour runtime? Because it's Netflix, right? It could, it could be as long as as short as they want it to be, as long as it's an episode. Uh, there I might mean, be some thought of uh, you know later when Daredevil airs somewhere else possibly that it needs to fit. Yeah, that makes sense. But I mean, it is like it's like a hard I, hour. I also think that it, just in terms of the technique of making something, the business is built around formats. Mm-hmm. So like, it, in terms of story structure on the writing side, one hour plots are are that's been cracked. Like yeah. we we know what it looks like. There's a little bit know? of a formula yeah. for an I mean, hour long. And I don't know anyone that was happy when Sons of Anarchy was like, "We're doing whatever we want." <laughs> Did that happen? Yeah, like the last season or whatever, Sons of Anarchy. They're like, "Do whatever you want, bud." So he had episodes that were like eighty minutes long. It would just go on and Wasn't on. Wasn't Breaking Bad sort of that way too? I think Game of Thrones, right? I, they yeah, had Game of Thrones. Random run times. So I I, I'm curious if the question of Daredevil was maybe 
well, we're um, this is a pseudo expensive show. The talent is getting increasingly more expensive and we're not really a lot of people are viewing it. But our catalog is big enough now that this isn't going to be the, the this is this isn't the driver to, of, of an audience to Netflix. And maybe the returns aren't that like just because it's getting a ton of viewers doesn't mean it's making a ton of money True. necessarily. Like, I don't know what kind of merchandising deal, I if, if they, any, I they have struck with Netflix Disney, got any Disney owns all that. Ab- absolutely. So it's like yeah. they might just be making a show I'm, that mm-hmm. they're not making well, it's not like there. Money on, yeah. So, so they should invest in something that they actually get more of a cut the, on. Than that they could, yeah. So like that, that that might be what like really what it comes down to is like yes, yeah, we like the show a lot. A lot of people watch it, but mm-hmm. well, I'm, you know, the rumor is Disney sort of squeezed it out of them. Like the the idea is that maybe they asked for too much money. That Disney said, okay, we'll relicense it to you, but oh, yeah, it's going to go this much. Mu- it's going to go up this high, and they just went, never mind. Mm-hmm. It's it it doesn't it doesn't uh, it won't get the return back. But then also, hey, Disney's doing its own streaming service, so don't be surprised. Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Pranisher and <laughs> what is this? But what does this mean for the Cloak and Dagger show? Oh no, no. is it still on? I mean, it wasn't on even on Netflix. It was on was some other show. But what show? about the Runaways and uh, what God, was they the have other? A lot of movies. The Inhumans. Yeah, there, I don't know. Oh boy, <laughs> there are two movies that I felt like wouldn't have gotten made without Netflix or an Amazon or another streaming service stepping in and and, and uh, bankrolling them. And they are mascots, the Christopher Guest mm-hmm. movie, because I just, I don't know if, if that movie got made now, if it would have enough splash in a theater mm-hmm. to, to recoup. And even though it's probably, they're cheap movies, but you know, and and Pee Wee's big, uh, is a big holiday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or big, what is it? Pee Wee's big. Yeah, he's big holiday. Is the world a better Which, place for those films? I think so. I <laughs> yeah. think Pee Wee's Big Holiday is delightful, right. and uh, I don't think we would have gotten another Pee Wee. I love Pee Wee. It is weird seeing him as an old yeah, man. Yeah, as old. He's Pee-wee. always. It's always been creepy. No, yeah. old Pee Wee's fine. And it's still creepy. Old Pee Wee, but it's still young. creepy. Yeah, I mean, uh, young Pee Wee, I think, was passable because it's like, oh, okay, well, either he's supposed to be a kid or he's kind of like. A man child. Yeah, he's like yeah. a guy in his 20s who's kind of like sheltered or whatever. But now he was like kind of wrinkled. And then when you put I that makeup on. And I don't think those shows would exist. It, well, otherwise. it's like what Hot American Summer. Like, yeah. whatever the quality, I will be happily living in a world where there's more of it. Okay. I will watch it if I want. And if it isn't good, it doesn't t- take away the fact that it's still some of the funniest movies. And that first season was one of the fucking funniest things I've ever seen. That's how I kind of felt about Arrested Development. And. After the, I couldn't finish the last season because I was just like, it just wasn't it's like maybe we just let some things die, I guess. Back on track, real quick. Okay. Yeah. Outlaw slash King. Yeah. Am I the only person in the room that's seen this movie? Yeah. So you've seen Chris Pine's thinking. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, it's really far in the distance. It's really, it was oh, disappointing. It looks close to me. You didn't get You're enough. Up against on it. the screen. I have a big TV. Um, Outlaw slash King, way better than I thought it would be. It's called Outlaw slash King. Well, that's everyone's calling it Outlaw King. The credits in the movie come up, and it's Outlaw slash King. And when you see it, that makes a lot more sense. Oh, because so, okay. he's an outlaw and a king. Yes. But not, mm-hmm. not an outlaw both. king. I'll, no, that was the same. It works. You know what? I'm always going to be happy for Chris Pine. I like him. Off in the distance. I don't think he's made anything where I've been like, F you, Chris Pine. <laughs> he seems like a genuinely nice guy. He was hung over on a flight. That I was on, and he seemed like a really nice person. He banged Olivia Munn? Yeah. He's been inside some of my favorite people. (laughs) Um, Um, I think he's a a great Captain T. Kirk. 
it's like it's like a Braveheart light. I don't, you know, it doesn't. the The end is extremely epic, and there's parts of the movie that seem way too small for a Braveheart style film. But um, I don't know, just super fun, very mm-hmm. enjoyable. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Some something that I don't know. The fact that it exists on Netflix, I think, is wonderful and uh, proves to me that they're doing so fun and interesting. This work. one, though, wasn't the story with this one that it was supposed to be. It wasn't a Netflix movie, I don't think. I think it was they being made. Original, this, I think it was being made somewhere else, and then Netflix took over the yeah, production. Yeah, we should of we it should also there. clarify too. Like, not all these movies are movies that like Netflix. And an original is just sometimes distributed. Yeah. So like sometimes it's like they're loose with that a company term. makes a movie and then sells it to Netflix, or they just license something from Brazil. Yeah. But I think I think the the secret sauce there is Netflix doesn't want you to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do a really good job of being like Netflix presents a Cloverfield original movie when a studio had that movie made and they went, this is garbage. Yeah. We can't put this out in theaters. Netflix went, what's that? Cloverfield? Ooh, <laughs> gimme, gimme, gimme. And they started salivating and then they I, they sure they added a monster at the end and they said, yeah, it's Cloverfield, whatever, fine. Uh, put it up during, put it after the Super Bowl. That's a good idea. And it worked. There was Got a, a bunch of people watching it. One of the trailers had a click out at the end of it that had Ellie from Jurassic Park uh-huh. and it said Netflix original. I'm like, I don't think Jurassic so, Park. Uh, maybe. Going to see this in a – this is where I think this movie is interesting in another way is that going to see this in a theater and paying $15 to see this, I might have felt a little differently about it than mm-hmm. watching it at night just on a random day of the week. Yeah. Um, but that, so. that that contradicts James's point from earlier for saying those walls are being torn down. But now <laughs> I think enough people go – yeah, Bright was fine. I got to watch it. You know, I, I only I pay ten bucks a month for Netflix. Whatever. Yeah. I watched it over fifteen days. Yeah, <laughs> in, sleep three times in ten minute chunks on three well, different devices. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as as movies get more and more expensive, you pay for parking to go see to pay for the movie to sure. get your wife the large popcorn, and it's like things add up. <laughs> Extra butter, please. I'm so tired of saying that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I. Don't, I I think Netflix still has a ways to go before it is a a box office juggernaut killer. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, th- to be fair, steps, the, the box office juggernauts are slowly going away. There's only, it's, what, the top 10 movies this year were all Disney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's like, you okay. You have to spend $300 million on a movie to make it worthwhile. To I mean, even, even then, you also have to invest how many millions, if not billions of dollars into original IP that you buy from someone else. I. I also think what Netflix is doing is still an experiment. Mm-hmm. I think they're huge and they're making a ton of money, but I think they're also spending a lot of money too. So like any all the financial reports are like, well, they're not profitable. I mean, obviously they're spending money, but it could crash and burn and then Netflix is going to become this like embarrassing dumping ground for trash. Mm-hmm. Like go back to the way it used to be. This is yeah. the, we might be at the the pinnacle of how good it gets and then then it could be all down from there. So talk about a a movie that I actually was real excited about but really let down by was Hold the Dark. Um, Jeremy Solonay, Green Room and Blue Ruin. Murder Party. Uh, Really, really cool movie. I've never seen that. Me neither. It was recommended to me last week. It's good. It's just not, I mean, it's it's pre-Solonay. Yeah, to okay. put it in a very <laughs> uh, thing down. elitist way. <laughs> so then, what the? Uh, I heard just everyone said, "Hold the dark" is bad. It was not very. It's fun. just. It. I mean, you've say, you've seen Green Room and Blue Room. Mm-hmm. I've seen only Green Room. So so you know how Green Room starts somewhere and then it builds real fast and then it holds this like 
excitement, Pace. tension throughout yeah. to the end, very end of the movie, very final shot. Yes. Whereas Blue Ruin is slow build. But it and gets then there a, eventually. And then a spike yeah. at the end that's like, but it's still building. This is low, high, low, high, low. It's just like, it doesn't move seamlessly between two tense moments or whatever. It's just oh. like something very tense happens. And you're like, oh, okay. And then it goes into a huge lull. And you're like, ah. Well, yeah. I, just, I, I guess I didn't care about the underlying mystery. Like it never built tension. For yeah. That. Jeffrey First. Wright's yeah. great. But like uh. I kept finding myself wondering why he didn't just walk away for most of this yeah. movie. Like, like just leave, dog. Truthfully, um, like I love Jeremy Saulnier. Um, but I, I really thought that I don't feel at home in this world anymore, which is a Netflix original. It's Macon Blair who... He's in Green Room. He's he's the star in Blue Ruin, and he like kind of co you know wrote did did Blue Ruin with Jeremy Saulnier. He made uh, I don't feel at home in this world anymore, and it feels more like a Jeremy Saulnier movie hmm. than this does. Huh? Um, so that would be my recommendation. Instead of watching Hold the Dark, uh, go watch I don't feel at home in this world hmm. anymore, which is also like I said an original. Will do. Also, Infinity War is coming out. On Netflix and like uh, around Christmas. Oh yeah, so, so Adam says watch Infinity War. Yeah, you know, if you heard this whole indie gem, mm. it's based on See, a look. Uh, that's dr- Netflix original films, and then it was yeah, that's odd. Part. All right, oh, well. anyway, let's talk about Evangelion. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeremy Sonne, I did I did just learn today while doing a little bit of research for this, he's directing the first couple episodes of season three of True Detective. Yeah, that seems like a good combo. Um, Seems like uh, it. They split on creative differences. I guess he started maybe doing the third episode and then quit the show. Uh-oh. Uh, I think Nick Pizzolatto might be a real asshole. Uh, a lot of people seem to have trouble with him. Jeremy Saulnier is also like a pretty scrappy dude. If you hear him talk about his movies, he's like, yeah, I mortgaged my house oh, to make, Jesus. you know, mm-hmm. that movie. Never do that. Mm-hmm. I, I double, you know, I double mortgaged out. it. And so him going to something like Netflix, to me, feels like him his first big step into making a big, like, bigger studio film. Mm-hmm. Well, I think each of his um, movies seem to have gotten progressively larger and bigger budget. A little budget. bit, because, like, Green Room takes place, you know, just in a, a yeah, club, mm-hmm. a dingy club. Um, uh, like, this feels like the biggest, mm-hmm. definitely, yeah, of everything that he's done. And, you know, uh, uh, Murder Party's, like, in a warehouse. Mm-hmm. Like, it, they're all the sort of these blue ruins kind of, like, in a, like, house, sort of countryside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all sort of, like, single location. Um, Bottle episodes, we call them. But uh, in the industry, and I, I wonder sometimes for certain like directors and creators if that works against them in some way, or like you open the floodgates and they're like, oh, I'm taken outside of my my realm, which is this. Um, oh yeah, sure. I mean, absolutely. Stepping yeah. a little too far, maybe. Um, I so love the last time uh, you, we did a Netflix show, or to- uh, film house talking a lot about Netflix, um, Adam. Said Netflix was dead and it was over because they true? were going to run yeah. ads. Is this true? Um, and Adam. everybody, I, don't, I may have been. There's Adam. maybe words put in my mouth, but I, I will accept it. I accept my fate. You, you didn't really say that, oh, but okay. um, I guess the premise was people on the internet were freaking out and saying Netflix was over because they were starting to do ads. I haven't seen a fucking ad. Oh on yeah, Netflix. I haven't either. They were using. They were essentially creating ad space to promote their own content on their own platform. But they said that's not an ad. It is an ad. It's just ad space that you own and you control. But yeah, there wasn't like a, a commercial for Gillette or anything like that. It's, I don't, I, mean, I don't think maybe it's invisible because of that. Maybe I'm not noticing well, because it just seems like regular. There are Netflix. some times where you'll finish watching an episode of Cheers. I'm just saying hypothetically, not that that's what I often do. 
But and then instead of just immediately rolling you in to the next episode, like normally it would say next episode starting in like five, four, three, two, one, mm-hmm. it'll pop up into the upper left hand and then run a trailer for something. Yeah. So you have seen this while watching Cheers. I don't know like, if this is what it counts as their ads, I think but that's it. It, it pops up and then it runs a trailer for something that you're not watching and then has a longer countdown of like 15 seconds before it goes to the next episode of the thing that you're watching. Hmm. I have seen that. Well, but that it, was like, oh. it don't, again, in their defense, don't feel like an ad because it's, it's no. at the end and you can hit a button and then you just immediately start the next thing anyway. It don't feel like an ad. And sometimes Netflix, no. based off your viewing habits, keeps you, it's like Google, it like keeps you in this like really boring cycle. Like Google Music, I'm like, I appreciate what you're doing, but just throw me something that you don't know that I'll like because I want to see, I want to test my boundaries. Um, Netflix, sometimes you're like scrolling through your recommends and you're like, Gods of Egypt, Gods of Egypt, Gods of Egypt. Like, <laughs> ah, yes, I like it. Yeah. But we could show me something else maybe. Knows what you want. Um, so Netflix didn't end because they started doing that. They will. Ne- I, don't think, I don't think, Netflix, I think Netflix is, um, unlike what that writer thought of Daredevil, is too big to fail. Um, Aww, poor no, guy. That, that's what the guy said. He's like, I thought Daredevil was too big to fail. Like, yeah. nothing's too big to yeah, fail. I don't think dude. it failed. I would. It, I think. I think failure like, seems like the wrong word. It's to not renewed. What happened, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. Disney was circling yeah, their way. We've all been there. I, yeah, I think there's some. There's some other. St- it's not as cut and dry as I think anyone thinks it is. But I honestly do believe Netflix, because much like Steam uh, from Valve, I think they just make so much money off of their base and. I, I'm going to assume their overhead's pretty minimal uh, compared to most companies, especially since they're mostly an online digital platform, that they're they're just making so much money. So I don't I don't think we're going to see Netflix going anywhere anytime soon. And I just I hope in the next year they improve as much as they did between this year and last and continue to do that. I think one of my favorite things that Netflix has done is reach internationally to add programming like being a licensee of a bunch of international programming, like Elise and I are watching Great British Baking Show. Oh, Great British Bake Off. That is a wonderful show. Yeah. You need to feel a little better about yourself. But like, again, other things where it's like, if you're just watching traditional television, you'd never, this show show would never pop into your radar ever. I think there's a lot of European crime shows that that seem very intriguing. The European small town uh, detective (laughs) mystery is like my favorite. That's my genre. Yeah. genre I love it. I love it. James is always like, another one? I'm like, yes. <laughs> always yeah. starts with some sort of woman or child dying. Crying. Yeah, yeah. someone's crying. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I still do believe, though, Netflix is quantity over quality, whereas HBO is still quality over quantity. I'll buy that, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah there are a couple. Can I shout out some movies? Yeah, shout out some other movies, uh, Okja. 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 Uh, I don't want to see that thing die. Jim and Andy, the great beyond, the Andy Kaufman, uh, Jim Carrey duck. Um, Apostle, I thought Mm. was like pretty good. Um, Solid, solid, like Incredible Jessica James is a a good light uplifting movie. The Babysitter, which shouldn't be as fun and it's it's a scary movie. (laughs) Um, uh, Lady Gaga's Five Foot Two. Hell yeah. Is is a fun documentary. James loves Icarus. Oh yeah, Icarus, Icarus documentary. That won an Academy Award, didn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Icarus Game Over Man was great, by the way. I, I expected this to be fucking stupid. And yeah, I really I, enjoyed I didn't know. the seventy-five minutes, or you know, super fast, but oh, fun little comedy. Icarus is the story of a guy who just on a whim uh, decides to dope and then enter a cycling competition to see if he'd win. <laughs> yeah. 
Because he's like, I don't care if they find out, I don't care. I'm yeah. not a career cyclist. What does it matter? They'll ban me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he wanted to test, so he basically pretty well, right? followed himself uh, going through the process of how he gets the drugs and how he's going to get someone to test him. And then he's ultimately referred to this Russian guy who's like, yeah, I'll oversee your whole process. Except that it's the Russian guy who's in charge of the entire Russian (laughs) laboratory of doping. Yeah. And it's like, that's a little weird. And he's like, yeah, it's just what I do for the Russian teams all the time. And he's like, well, this documentary just changed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it does. It takes takes a pretty hard turn. Yeah. About 30 minutes in. It's awesome. Yeah. More shout outs? Is that it? Benson shout out? There, yeah, I, yeah. Has anyone watched that dogs show? No, no. Not show yet, called dogs. I don't know if it's going to destroy. Oh me yeah, or bad. Not. By, I think by the time this airs, uh, maybe a little before, all the Airbuds movies are being taken off Netflix. So get in oh, while no. you can. No. But it's by the time this airs. Um, so movies. Only... <laughs> maybe I'm, I'm unsure of the date. <laughs> movies with a ton of yeah, it's not looking good. Buzz that I'm interested in just haven't gotten to yet. Or Beasts of No Nation, Mayorowitz stories. Uh, Roma, obviously, we talked about Thirteenth. I still feel bad. I haven't, I haven't seen That's that. That's good, re- really good. Uh, movie. Cuba and the Cap- Cameraman. About Cuba Gooding Jr. It's about Cuba Gooding Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. That's, all right. Okay. Yeah, cool. you got, you got, your, you got stuff to watch. You got your biz- your weekend all checked out. Stay <laughs> in this weekend. Watch forty-five films. Wish I could. Um, but yeah. Anyway, closing thought. I think Netflix is great. I want them to keep getting better as I think they've proven this year that they yeah. are constantly getting better. Yeah, the typical underdog story. Ne- Netflix <laughs> and chill is like is like a thing for like when you're actually, you know, having sex. Mm-hmm. What's the term for when you're having sex but you're actually thinking about what you could be watching on Netflix? <laughs> sex and chill. <laughs> oh well. All right. Say bye Benson. No. Bye. See you guys next week. Bye. bye.